Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Pro Bono Happy Hour. I'm Eva Richardson, the law firm Pro Bono Project Assistant at PBI. We hope that you're having a great summer. As always, it is flying by way too fast. This week, in the middle of a DC heat wave, I spoke with our summer interns about their experiences working to promote pro bono and access to justice. We are so grateful that they spent their summers with us and are now part of our PBI family. We hope you enjoy the discussion. Hi, Allie. Welcome to the Pro Bono Happy Hour. To start off, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? So, like you said, my name's Allie. Um, I'm from Texas originally. I was born and raised there for 18 years. And after I left Texas, I went to USC, the University of, the University of Southern California, um, for undergrad, where I studied political science. And I kind of always had an inclination that I wanted to go to law school, mm-hmm. but... I wanted to take some time off first. I'd been in school since I was a little kid. So I took two years and I went down to New Orleans where I did Teach for America. Um, And I think that that experience really kind of opened my eyes to the many different needs that there are in the low-income community, Mm -hmm. which was a fantastic experience, but really cemented in my mind my reasons for wanting to go to law school in the first place. Um, So after my two years with Teach for America were over, I went to the University of Michigan, which is where I am now, and I just finished my first year there. Great. So it's a political convention season here in the U.S., and you've been working on a project about nonpartisan election-related pro bono opportunities. Besides also being a fortuitous coincidence that you'll be taking a class on voting rights next semester, could you tell us a little bit about this project and what you've learned? So um, every four years around election season, the Pro Bono Institute puts out a publication that goes to all the different law firms, um, just letting them know about the different opportunities that are available to get involved in um, election-related pro bono work. So my job has really been, I've been focusing kind of on the impact litigation section of that. um, And I've been kind of fact-checking some research and updating research to reflect any ongoing litigation and um, really just editing it for flow and making it all sound good at the end of the day, which has been a really interesting thing, especially in the wake of the Shelby County decision. Um, I think what's been so interesting for me in doing this project is really seeing the wide range of work that's really being done Mm -hmm. in election-related pro bono work and how many opportunities that there are. Um, I think that you hear a lot about some of the, like, more highly publicized cases. You know, you hear a lot about voter ID laws and things like that because they get a lot of media attention. But there are plenty of other things going on that we don't necessarily hear about every day, like policies that make it hard for Native Americans to vote in certain states or um, felons being denied the right to vote after they've served their time. Um, So it's been really interesting for me to see how many different opportunities are out there and how many different people are actually taking advantage of those opportunities. Definitely. This is uh, also a good time for me to plug that we are hosting a webinar about election-related pro bono opportunities on July 28th. So you can visit our website for more information on how to listen. So in addition to interning at PBI, you're also participating in Aiken Gump's Pro Bono Scholars Program this summer. Can you tell me about this program, what it entails, and what you've learned? It's a really interesting and very unique program, I think. Um, basically, it's a two-summer program that Aiken Gump puts on. I think years ago they decided that they wanted to do something where they could give first-year or 
you know, law students who had just finished their first year and in their first summer, mm-hmm. um, a different experience their first summer than their second summer. So the program is designed where you come in and for the first four weeks, you work at Aiken Gump um, in one of their offices around the country. I think they have, you know, four or five different offices that participate in this program. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're working just on pro bono related issues. And so all the work you're doing is pro bono, which is a really interesting opportunity. Yeah. We worked on a lot of immigration stuff in my four weeks there mm-hmm. um, and actually got the opportunity to go down to the Carnes Immigration Detention Center, oh, okay. um, which was fantastic to get to work with some women and their families one-on-one, um, really client services based. So mm-hmm. it was a very good experience. And then the program is set up so that the next seven weeks, you go off and work at a public interest organization. Mm-hmm. So that's how I ended up here at the Pro Bono Institute. I did my four weeks at Aiken and um, then came over here to kind of see a different side of things, which has been very interesting to see kind of two sides of how pro bono works Mm -hmm. in big firms, Um, getting to see really the boots on the ground side, you know, what what it actually means to do pro bono Mm -hmm. at a large law firm, and then also kind of the administrative side, how how we encourage that culture and, and set it up. That sounds like a really wonderful opportunity. And what's on the horizon for you? So in a couple weeks, um, I guess I have three weeks here left, mm-hmm. and I, after that I will be headed back to the University of Michigan mm-hmm. for my second year of law school, um, and then third after that. And next summer I will be back in D.C. working at Aiken Gump full-time, and that's the other part of the program that you come back as a, as a full summer associate right. the second summer. And as you reflect on your summer experience, uh, which you still have a few more weeks of, fortunately, could you share any takeaways or lessons learned? Yeah, I think that the thing that's been the most surprising for me from this summer, and in a very, very good way, is when I first went into law school, I was really disheartened at first because I heard a lot of people say, you know, you kind of have to pick between the world of public interest work and, you know, for-profit work, working at a big firm. And those were two things that always really interested me, but I felt like I was going to be torn in either direction. Mm -hmm. Um, And people said, you know, don't expect to go to a big firm and and get an opportunity to do even a fair amount of pro bono. And so I was disheartened by that, you know, a little sad. Um, They proved that wrong for me. I think it's been an amazing opportunity and experience to see firsthand through Aiken and through my work here that that's really not the case. There mm-hmm. definitely is a world in which you can marry those two things and and work for a big firm and get the amazing experience and training that that gives you mm-hmm. while also really making a difference and working with clients one-on-one who really, really need the help. So it's that's kind of what I'm going to take away from this summer. Well, thank you so much for talking with me, Allie. Thank you. Jake, thanks for talking with me today. To begin, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? So, my name is Jake Thorne. I'm a rising junior at the University of Michigan. I'm originally from Lake Orion, Michigan. It's about an hour north of Detroit. Um, So, with the university, I'm studying political science and economics. And outside of that, I'm the editorial editor for the Michigan Review. It's a publication we have on campus. We're uh, 
we've recently started expanding out a little bit more. We do a lot of different uh, editorials for issues on campus, mm -hmm. issues nationally, things like that. Um, beyond that, I'm a pretty avid golfer. I'm a pretty avid runner, although I'm terrible at it. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And this summer, you've been working on a number of projects for corporate pro bono at PBI. So can you share one or two highlights from your time working on these projects? So I think the biggest project that I've been working on lately is I've been working with the corporate side of things mm -hmm. for the CPBO wing. Mm -hmm. And I've been working on a how-to guide, sort of, for the process of kind of going through and choosing potential partners. Right. And uh, going through and looking at a lot of the different uh, research angles for it, picking a pro bono opportunity is almost like a dating profile yeah. in many ways. You mm -hmm. kind of have to look at yourself as an organization and as a law firm and uh, sit down and say, well, what really matters to me? What are the lawyer? What are my lawyer's strengths? Mm -hmm. What do they want to do? What are their time constraints? Things like that. And then look and reach out to the community as well. So if you're in a community that has a particular struggle with uh, domestic violence, for example, making sure that you can be proactive and reach out for that opportunity. Mm -hmm. So uh, beyond that, I've also been working a lot with different uh, multi-jurisdictional practice laws, which are really, really critical for big uh, big corporations, big organizations with these massive in-house legal departments. Right. So those MJP laws really are the uh, the first step to give them access to hundreds of pro bono opportunities in the area without having to actually be bar certified in the state that they're in. Right. So it really open. it's almost like an untapped resource of hundreds of lawyers across the country that could be doing pro bono work, but without these MJP laws, they're kind of uh, left alone in the dust, mm -hmm. so to say. So making sure that people are aware of those laws and really bringing them to the forefront of different legal reforms and things like that. Really important issue to make sure that more pro bono work can be done and that it's more effective in the first place. Absolutely. And what have you been doing in particular for the MJP project? In particular, a lot of different research. So I've been working to update records. The laws change pretty periodically. So I've been working to update uh, PBI records on what, uh, what uh, particular laws are in the given states, what do they apply to? Do they allow for pro bono work? Do they only for allow it in uh, particular exemptions, mm -hmm. things like that? And I'm going through contacting bar offices, seeing how many registered in-house counsel are in each given state, oh, okay. just to update records and really see how big this untapped resource is. Yeah. So moving on, you are uh, part of the University of Michigan's public service intern program, also called PSIP. Um, so what is PSIP and why did you decide to participate in the program? So PSIP is a really large program with the University of Michigan's career office. Mm -hmm. So what its main goal is, is it takes about 100 students every year from seniors in some cases, mm -hmm. and it works to not only get them an internship in the D.C. area, but also kind of prepare them for just professional development in general. Yeah. So my process when I went through and applied to the program, I was really interested in how they sit down with you. They really help with things like resume building, writing cover letters, getting in professional contact with a lot of these different resources in the D.C. area. And they really just kind of walk you through the process. Uh -huh. So, I mean, my my housing in the D.C. area was provided through an association with PSIP, um, getting in contact with different alumni and donors in the area that have done the PSIP program mm -hmm. before, just to learn more about, you know, the legal industry and... <clears throat> you know, really what made them what made them drawn to their programs as well. What has your experience been like with the program so far? And do you have any advice for all current and future PSIPers out there? 
So my experience with the program has been great so far. What's really nice about it is it kind of combines this professional aspect with the social aspect in many ways. So a lot of the students in PSIP that are living in the dorms now, they all hang out together, they talk about their experiences, and they can really share things that have worked well for them. So if something worked well at Internship A for a PSIP yeah. alum, that's almost instantly shared through an email server or something like that. So everyone stays in really close contact. So my advice for any prospective PSIPers or anyone out there trying to find a summer internship, just really look for what you're passionate about. Internships are a great opportunity to get yourself really engorged into the career fields that you're interested in. Mm -hmm. So for myself, I knew I was always interested in the legal field, but had very little, if, it, if at all, any experience going into it. So working here with PBI has been a really great opportunity to dive right into what the legal market's like, what different opportunities there are, and especially the pro bono side of it as well. Absolutely. And what's next for you after you head back to school? So next for me, starting up my junior year, I'm going to get back into the swing of things academically. I get to start work on an honors thesis in political science. Uh, I haven't quite picked a topic out for that yet, but I'm thinking somewhere in the range of uh, kind of economic sanctions globally, things like that. So I'll get to start um, the research on that. And then uh, over on the horizon after graduation, the goal is, uh, the goal is law school. So I'll be starting with a lot of LSAT prep, trying to look into different opportunities, all of the fun and rigor of admissions again. <laughs> and as you reflect on your summer experience, can you share any takeaways or lessons learned that you have? So my takeaway mainly is just pro bono is an incredible opportunity, especially from the MJP side of things. Mm -hmm. There's this massive untapped resource of different legal staff, different lawyers that are able to provide this help. And in some cases, they just aren't even aware of having the opportunity. Right. So even taking a couple hours out of your week to go through and give that opportunity to help those who can't help themselves and who are in those disadvantaged situations, it really means a one, it, it makes, a, uh, makes a whole lot of difference mm -hmm. for them just giving your time. Well, thanks so much, Jake, for talking with me. Yeah, thank you. It's summertime, summertime, some, some, summertime, 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 summertime. Hi, CJ. Thanks for talking with me today. To begin, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Sure. So my name is CJ Rydberg. I'm a rising second year student at NYU Law in New York. Um, I worked for about four years at a large immigration firm before law school, and that was back here in uh, Washington, D.C., so it's been very nice to be back, and immigration was a really exciting field to work in, lots of opportunity and need for pro bono, so it's been a wonderful experience to be here at PBI working on uh, expanding access to justice this summer. And you've been helping with PBI's Collaborative Justice Project, uh, which is an innovative pilot project to deploy stakeholders from different sectors to reduce recidivism in Minnesota. So what have you been working on with this project, and could you reflect, reflect on the experience? Sure. So the Collaborative Justice Project is this really unique project in Minnesota that deploys stakeholders, like you said, from a variety of different actors, so law firms, nonprofits, government, and they're all working together in concert to try to reduce recidivism, which is really a big problem in Minnesota and throughout the country. Yeah. About half the people that are released from prison in Minnesota uh, ultimately wind up returning for a technical violation. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's such a unique project because it brings together the strengths of lots of different players to try to attack this problem holistically instead of piecemeal. And so I've been helping to gather information about the legal issues and barriers mm -hmm. that some of these organizations might face in trying to provide services to men and women who are being released from federal prison um, with the goal of really trying to reduce these barriers and to make the program fo uh, function as 
as effectively as possible. Um, so it's been really interesting to kind of dive into the um, the issues that face these uh, these nonprofits and government actors. Um, and then I've also been helping with some of the project management aspects of it mm-hmm. too. And so it's been a really interesting experience. It hits very close to home because I'm from Minnesota originally. Yeah, so right. it's been a wonderful experience. You've also been working on a controversial project. So could you tell me about the issues involved and your research thinking and writing with this project and what you've learned? Sure. So yeah, I've been working on this project. Um, every few years, it seems like we see a story in the legal news um, where essentially the person argues that law firms will only take on liberal pro bono work, mm-hmm. that, they, that they're essentially these bastions of liberal idea, uh, idealism and they're fighting for fringe agendas. Um, and it's really not that simple. It seems kind of more like a myth than actually fact, but, um, you know, it keeps popping up. And so it got us thinking, well, if this is kind of a myth about pro bono, what other myths about political and even just generally controversial pro bono is there? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've done a really deep dive into what kind of projects are law firms handling? Is it really liberal pro bono, like the articles seem to argue? Or do they handle a wide variety of projects? Mm-hmm. And um, so we've noticed that they actually do handle conservative pro bono. Right. It just seems that you know a lot of the cases that get headlines will yeah. be these controversial cases. And so this can create a perception when you are only seeing these controversial cases that that's what law firms are handling. Mm-hmm. And so we've been looking at some of these other myths, like the fact that law firms really handle mostly mundane traditional poverty law matters like landlord-tenant disputes and things like that. So it's been really interesting to see exactly what law firms are doing and then also how they handle the controversy that Mm -hmm. can come up. You know, it's really important, like for any other matter, that a law firm has a plan in place to handle the publicity, to handle the the potentially good or bad press that might come from these matters. Um, And so it's been interesting to see what, you know, law firms are actually doing and then what they should be doing to help the the perception that they're only doing liberal pro bono work. Great. That's really interesting to hear what you've been working on here at PBI. And so what's next for you personally? So I'll be heading back up to NYU for my second year. I'm very excited. I'll be part of our moot court board, which will be keeping me busy, I think, in the fall. Um, I'm hoping to return to D.C. uh, next summer to work at a law firm. I'm really interested in litigation work, but um, keeping my options open hoping to find a firm with a strong pro bono practice after my summer here. And to wrap things up, as you reflect on your summer experience, what have you learned and are there any particular takeaways you have? So I think, you know, the biggest takeaway from this summer has really just been the tremendous difference that pro bono can make no matter how big the project. So an individual lawyer helping one single person seek asylum or or whatever it might be um, can have a tremendous impact on that person's life just like a project like the Collaborative Justice Project makes a tremendous impact as well. And so even if you can help that one person, it's really worth it. Um, And I think it's really instilled the the values of pro bono in me. So it's been a really wonderful experience. Oh, great. Well, we've been really glad to have you here. Thanks, CJ. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And thank you to Allie, CJ, and Jake for all their hard work and enthusiasm this summer. Thanks also to Bob Sheehan at Skadden Arps and his family for generously supporting our Sheehan Scholars Program. To learn more about student internships at PBI, 
visit our website at www.probonoinst.org, where you can also find more information about all of our webinars, including the one we mentioned about election-related pro bono opportunities and our podcasts. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the Pro Bono Happy Hour on iTunes or YouTube, and take a moment to leave a review. We'd appreciate the feedback, and it would help make it easier for other listeners to find the program and help us expand the conversation about pro bono and access to justice. We hope you enjoyed this special episode, and we'll see you next time.